What's going on, guys? Welcome to week four, the matchup previews. I've got Garrett and Andrew here with me again. What's up? What up? Um, so we'll get started right away. Um, we'll go on with my matchup first, as always. Uh, me versus Hop this week. What can you say about my team? I mean, it's a lot of big name guys who haven't been living up to potential. My flex is weak. I gotta figure something out there. Hop has a High ceiling, and he showed last week that he has a pretty low floor most weeks as well. It really comes down to how Gurley and Thielen do tonight as his two most solid producers. Um, Hogan's a real question mark, um, and then he does have Josh Gordon, who I think will start. But I I'd predict Josh Gordon will play about 25% of snaps and see a couple deep balls. But we'll see how if that comes at the expense of uh, Chris Hogan. So, Garrett, uh, what do you think? How do you think tonight's game was going to go down for this matchup, seeing how there's four active players in this matchup? Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the better games just that the NFL has had this season thus far, even though the Vikings' defense looked pretty embarrassing last week against the Bills. But I think it's huge that both Tlaib and Peters are now ruled out of this game. Uh, obviously, with Thielen having a monster season, I predict the Vikings will be down a bit. So they'll be throwing the ball and also just to take some pressure off of a still healing Dalvin Cook. Uh, I really want to give you this. <laughs> I really want your team to win at some point just because I think you, you know, it's unfortunate what's happened with Devonta Freeman. And, you know, obviously Robin Kurt hasn't gone as well as you expect. But uh, I think Cup has a solid game being that slot guy away from Xavier Rhodes. But I think just the ceiling of having Thielen against a, a week in Rams defense. A-Rob has Tampa this weekend, who's now missing Chris Conti. He's drawn a ton of targets. Last week he was kind of stymied by Patrick Peterson, but I think Robinson has a big game. Um, Eckler has a really good matchup against San Francisco. And then, like you said, even if Josh Gordon plays limited snap counts or whatever, I feel like the, the bats are due for that bounce-back game. And that kind of plays into both Hogan and Gordon. I think this could be one of those weeks where Hogan has like three catches, but one's a seven-yard slant TD. So I would pick up in this matchup. All right, what do you think, Andrew? I think I'm going to go hop as well. Um, but I, I, I do expect a little bit more out of Ryan Grant, especially against that Houston defense. So I think we could actually see a pretty big game out of uh, Ryan Grant because – if we look last week, again, what the Giants were able to do against the Texans, it was a lot of, like, underneath and crossing routes, not really stretching the field. And I think Ryan Grant is the perfect player for that. But also Eric Ebron may be a benefactor as well. Right, I was going to say so, that. Right, right. But I'm going to go with Hop. Um, I think he has better quarterback play. And although Ben Roethlisberger is home, it's going to be tough. Um yeah, I'll, I'll go with Hop just from – I think Thielen's going to have some great matchups in the slot, so I'll stay with Hop. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, you know, I think the Hogan and Gordon double play there could be really profitable or it could hurt him, but I still think his team is strong enough and has strong enough matchups to cover that. Uh, I really think Allen Robinson is going to have a big week. Uh, Tampa Bay is already missing their top two cornerbacks, and like you said, just lost Chris Conti to uh, having his soul destroyed by Vance McDonald. Uh, but yeah, I don't disagree, so we'll see how that one turns out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Buffalo can keep up the offensive 
progress that they showed last week against Green Bay's D or if they're just going to go back to giving up turnovers left and right. Um, so next we'll move on to Jake versus Kurt. Um, Jake's team, you know, like we've been talking about, they have, he has a really high ceiling, a uh, really good receiver core. I really looking at Jake's team and the way it's constructed, he seems like a slightly weaker version of Andrew's team. There's three pretty good receivers who are going to put up points every week and then some weaker running backs who should piece it together with receptions. Um, and then Kurt's team has shown last week that they can put up solid 10 to 15 points across the board easily. So, um, it, it, again, he'll be really dependent on tonight's matchup with Kirk Cousins playing. Um, Andrew, what do you think uh, about Corey Davis now that the Titans just cut Rashard Matthews, who has taken up a lot of uh, – not that many targets, but, um, you know, it's still significant when the number two receiver goes uh, off the team. That's a very, very good point, Colin. The thing that I'm just concerned about is who's throwing in the ball. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of injuries in play. Um so, I mean, he should he should eat because he is the top guy there. But and honestly, Philadelphia's corners haven't been great, so it could be a great matchup. But what honestly draws me in more on this matchup or this uh, this game is going to be the running backs in Gordon and Johnson. Um, I could see a Gordon really just putting it on from the Chargers being in a point a really positive game flow script and. And then looking at Carryon Johnson, Dallas's front seven is good, and I think that both that's really difficult for a running back with the style of Legarrette Blount because he, I don't think he's that good, but he's just somebody who I think needs to have some blocks made for him. Um, whereas I think Johnson's going to be somebody who can get out into the flats and get a little more um, passing game. To really boat, uh, to really pad his stats, so I'm almost more attracted to the running backs there. Yeah, I definitely but, agree with Carry uh, on Johnson. And the good thing to remember there too is that Sean Lee is out, and without Sean Lee, their defense gives up more than one uh, extra yard per carry. So even if uh, you know Legarrette seeps into his usage, I still think they can both put up a pretty good yard per carry number, and maybe Carry on with his receiving work and uh, break off a touchdown somewhere. So I definitely agree that I think uh, he's an exciting guy to watch this week. For sure. it's a good point. Garrett, do you have anything to say? I agree that the running backs are a thing to watch here. Mike Evans has been huge, just incredible this season thus far with Fitzmagic. If I was Kurt, I almost would want to look into possibly moving either Williams or Davis out for Crabtree, who's currently on his bench, who's going to play the Steelers, who has a pretty poor secondary thus far. Um, but that being said, I think Jake has an advantage in that all of his receivers could put up 20 points pretty easily. Sanders has a dream matchup against Kansas City. Juju could have a pretty big game at home against Baltimore. Julio Jones, you know, always liable to go off for 20 at, given, at any given point. And then I also think he has the advantage in the running back situation. James White is going up against a pass defense that relies a lot on corner play and not so much on coverage linebackers. So he figures to be a big part of the Pats passing game, regardless of how that game goes. And then Philip Lindsay didn't put up big points last week because he punched a guy and got ejected within like two minutes or something, but (laughs) is playing Kansas city at home. Denver's line has looked great and Kansas city has been terrible against the run thus far. 
I also yeah, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying there with the running backs, but I mean, if you look, you know, Philip Lindsay and Carryon Johnson to me are roughly equal. So then it comes down to the difference between James White and Melvin Gordon, and that's not even close to me. You got to give it to Kurt there. I mean, I yeah, definitely Melvin Gordon's better than James White. No one's saying that, but I don't think we can say Carryon Johnson's at that level just based off of one hundred yard rushing game. When you think about that, a lot of his catch potential that you guys are talking about is still limited by Theo Riddick. And also being away at Dallas, I just trust Denver. Denver's line has looked better than Dallas, which is something I wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected to say at the beginning of the season. Um, and he has just a way more favorable matchup. And I think Kittle actually stands to benefit from this uh, Jimmy Garoppolo injury. He and Beathard had a pretty good connection last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree there. Um, all right, if you guys don't have anything else to add on this matchup, uh, we can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next matchup is Andrew versus Garrett. Um, well, so, um, you know, two solid quarterbacks here. Drew Brees has shown he's got the much higher fantasy ceiling right now, and that Mike Thomas connection is lethal. Um, as we've seen, Andrew's receivers, even when Amari Cooper shits his pants, can put up a really solid score. And as long as his running backs can f- keep him afloat, uh, he should put up a real solid score this week. Um you know, Sony Michelle with Rex Burkhead going on IR should see some more work, and Marshawn has been a consistency beast through the first three weeks. Garrett, um, you know, not the best receiving core, but some real solid names there that have some high floors. Uh, Barkley and Connor, great running back combo there, and Ertz is obviously top tight end. And like we've been saying in the group chat, you know, Tyler Boyd is a real, really good pickup. He's seeming like he's taking a real step forward this week. Um, so I'll let you guys each kind of break this down however you want. I'll start with uh, Andrew here. I think it's going to be really tight. I may see my first loss of the season because if anybody forgot, I am still undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's going to be tight for sure. I think Saquon's going to eat because that's going to be a really high-scoring game. And Connor just is going to continue doing what he's done, which is that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see 20 spot out of both of those guys. Um, and Jacksonville has a nice matchup against the Jets. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if I lost. I don't expect to lose and I'll leave it at that. Uh, well, I'm just seeing now, Andrew, are you, uh, planning on keeping Chicago against Tampa Bay in that potential like high scoring game? Or, uh, is that something you're planning on switching out later in the oh, week? Or... It's magic is he's, everybody's going to see that it's struck 12 o'clock and he's no longer this ridiculous, aggressively high efficient quarterback throwing 75 to 80 yard touchdowns. So I'm going to say Cleo Mack's going to rip his head off. We might even see uh, the first, uh, we might even see the first play out of Jameis Winston this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fitzpatrick uh, throw a few picks, have them down by 21 or so and see Jameis come in. Yeah. not, Not a bad point. Garrett, how do you, how do you see this matchup going down? I think Andrew has the advantage in terms of consistency, uh, just based off of the positional breakdown. Like you said, Marshawn, he's gotten his flex, consistent running back. Carlos Hyde's proven to be very consistent and gets a pretty favorable matchup against Oakland this week. Sonny Michelle, I picked him last week as my pick of the week. He got the carries. Burkett only got two touches while he was in, got hurt late in the fourth, so I don't think it's going to be the workload. But he did have a couple pretty embarrassing drops and kind of like misconnections with Brady. I think he's going to get the majority of the workload going forward, but 
it just depends on how that game script goes for them. Um, and then, like you said, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, incredibly consistent, best duo in the league thus far for sure. I would say that my team has a bit more blow-up potential. Like you said, Tyler Boyd against Atlanta is a pretty good matchup, especially if A.J. Green's even a little bit slowed down. He's going to get the more favorable corner out there with both of Atlanta's safeties being down. That increases the deep threat for him a lot. Uh, John Brown's been actually pretty quietly really good this season, honestly. Two touchdowns yeah, in three games, almost averaging like seven targets a game. Gets Pittsburgh in what figures to be a shootout because Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty shitty thus far. And then Demarius Thomas, even though he's, you know, hasn't gotten put up the crazy catch numbers as he has in the past, he's still averaged almost 10 targets a game thus far. So he's always liable for that pretty high floor. I think, I shouldn't say I think, I really hope Brady gives me the type of MVP game that I paid the price for. But I think, I think he'll come back, so... And I'm pretty confident my running backs, but it's going to be close. I agree. Yeah, it's definitely probably going to be one of the higher scoring games of the week, and it'll come down to, I'd imagine it'd be within 10 points this week, yeah. unless one of you guys just happens to run away with it. Yeah. Um, all right. To, Go ahead. The last thing to the point about the defenses, obviously Chicago has a lot of potential for sacks and stuff. Jacksonville gets the Jets at home this week, which should be pretty fat too, as Darnold hasn't been as great as people thought he was after week one against the Lions. So I think that is pretty high defensive touchdown potential for for the Jags. Yeah, definitely a solid point. All right, we'll move on to the next matchup. Uh, we got Joe versus Manny. Um, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, two you know, second-year guys with a lot of high potential. Wentz showed last week that he seems to be pretty well recovered from his injury. Odell versus Antonio Brown, two top five receivers in the league, um, both in really – high scoring potential matchups here. Um, and Baltimore's defense has shown a little bit more resistance, but if AJ green can put up three touchdowns, Antonio Brown can put up five. So um, Tyreek Hill, uh, again, monster potential every week. Uh, we saw last week that he still does have that low floor on the games where he doesn't hit, but you got to think each week he's a pretty solid bet for 10 points at the minimum. Uh, he's got Calvin Ridley starting again. Uh, interesting to see how that shakes out this week after that monster game last week, if he kind of comes down to earth or if corners don't really know what to do with him. I mean, by the end of the game last week, they had actually put uh, Marshawn Lattimore off of Julio Jones and onto Calvin Ridley, which is coincidentally when Julio caught that 60-yard bomb. Um, so, you know, again, like we say every week with Joe's team, he's got a really high ceiling uh, with Kamara, Hill, and Antonio Brown, and some really weak options like Duke Johnson, um, but, you know, there's nothing more for me to say here on that side of the matchup. And Manny's team is surprisingly putting out some really good scores each week. Um, what do you, Garrett, think? I know you're a big Green Bay guy. What do you think of Aaron Jones this week? Do you think it's his time to take over, or do you think Jamal Williams is still going to, you know, steal those snaps with his pass blocking? I think it's a timeshare for now. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Aaron Jones is the more talented, just straight-up runner out of that backfield. But that being said, I think Ty Montgomery, you know, obviously making the transition from receiver to running back is still the more liable pass-catching back. Uh, but that being said, I don't think it's a bad play against Buffalo where I expect to have a pretty big lead for the Packers this weekend. What do you have to say, Andrew? <laughs> I'm just still in awe that there's three tight ends on Joe's team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always good to have depth at the tight end. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, starting two is rough, but he has some big buys this week. He's turning into Kurt's team from a few years ago, just skins and friends. <laughs> but why, why Ben Watson? I don't get that. I mean, I can't talk. I made a very questionable pickup at tight end this week, but that's just really sticking out to me. Um, but I think um, looking at Manny's squad, I mean, Gio's going to have some good production for him because Mixon will be out again. So that'll be good, especially in the expected high-scoring affair, like we said, in the Cincinnati-Atlanta game. And Odell, I mean, if we look back, what was it, two years ago, there was, I believe, what, 13 touchdowns between the Giants and Saints. So yep. that game's going to be, I'd expect, a really high-flying affair. Um, I just, I, I feel like Manny squad just looks good this week for my it perspective. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I really think I think Gio Bernard is gonna put up close to a thirty point week this week. I would not be surprised at all if you see ten receptions. The Falcons are so bad defending against pass catching running backs. Between the last two weeks, I mean they faced uh Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, but they gave up twenty nine catches between those two guys. Uh you gotta imagine that Gio Bernard is just gonna feast this week if they if the game ends up being the high scoring match that, that we all think it will be. Yeah, and then their defense has been pretty banged up too, which right. doesn't help them at all. Definitely. All right. Uh, if you guys are good on that matchup, we'll move on. Um, next, we got David versus George. George's team, like me, you know, down in the dumps here, but still, it's not too late. Keenan Allen being banged up, Leonard Fournette being banged up, Jimmy Graham with a questionable injury. George is really having a tough time here. Um, and like we said last week, or I guess on Tuesday, I should say, David's team has shown he – He's made some solid moves at receiver and can put up a decent floor there. And just with his lethal running back crew, he's bound to put up at least 140 every week. Um, you know, the big question for his ceiling is Will Fuller being potentially injured and if he can just keep this streak rolling. Um, uh, Garrett, I'll let you uh, break this one down, How you, however you'd like to do it. Yeah, I mean, David's obviously got the most secure running back connection league with Zeke, um, McCaffrey and Cook and Breda and stuff, but McCaffrey's out this week and he's poten- he's always been David's highest scorer, which should figure in to be a big deal. I don't see a big week out of Dalvin Cook, even though he's back active this week. Uh the Rams defense is no joke and I figure they're probably gonna be down for a good portion of the game. Not to say he's not gonna reach twelve points, but I, I don't see him having like a McCaffrey type eighteen twenty point game. Uh, Braid, I think, comes back down to earth without the the passing threat of Garoppolo. I think he gets balled up for pretty average running back numbers. If George can get Leonard Fournette healthy against the Jets and Chris Carson maintains the job in Seattle, I actually like George's team. Uh, Keen Allen had a couple of really good chances last week. Uh, one was like a just barely missed uh, end zone reception where he had to one-hand it but missed. Uh, Sterling Shepard, we talked about that matchup with New Orleans, should be plenty of opportunities for him to catch the ball. I think Marvin Jones has been pretty solid this year. And Lamar Miller even has a good matchup against Indy. Yeah. Um, so it really depends. If David has two of those you know, Godwin-Fuller type players blow up for 25, I think he has it. But if everything goes George's way in terms of the health, I, I like George's team this week. Yeah, I definitely think George's team might uh, see their first win this week, especially with Quincy Inunua facing Jacksonville. Dalvin Cook, you know, going to see a snap count tonight, and he's against the Rams. Like you said, with Brita, he takes a hit there with uh, Garoppolo going down. 
And there's always a chance this could be a high-scoring game tonight where the Rams' D puts up a mediocre score. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? I, I think you guys hit all the nails in the head. I think George's team gets the first win, and there's possibly only going to be one winless team left in this league. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of that. We'll move on to the last matchup here. Uh, we got Jay versus James. James, I mean, Mahomes right now is really propelling his team to some high scores every week. Diggs against the Rams tonight and Woods against Minnesota really could shake out a number of ways. So that'll be a big factor in how this matchup goes. David Johnson's been disappointing, and then LaShawn McCoy playing banged up and just seeming like he's kind of out of gas. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then Jay, um, you know, somehow has one more win than me and George, but that's neither here nor there. I uh, think his receivers should do pretty well. I don't expect, like, a super high score out of Brandon Cooks or anything. Like we predicted on Tuesday, he's starting the entire Ravens backfield. Um, So, Andrew, how do you think that backfield with just the two Ravens guys is going to turn out uh, compared to LaShawn McCoy, who we don't really know what he's going to do, and then David Johnson, whose the coaching is, uh, lately has really deprived him of a lot of touches and stuff? I'd say it's better than starting the two Tennessee running backs for sure. I mean, it really is going to depend how Seattle does because if they play – we've seen them have bouts of really – stifled defense but we've also seen them turn into swiss cheese so hopefully it's the latter and they can fire up some points for him um i think it's a bold strategy but i support it uh because i i think it's just too tough to start either one of the tennessee running backs i mean maybe you start Deion lewis just because they'll be getting the ball out of the hands quick but we expected that last week and Deion lewis really did nothing so right uh, Garrett, do you have anything to add? Uh, the king of committees, it's tough. I mean, Buck Allen is the pass-catching back out of there. Hasn't gotten a ton of targets, but a respectable floor, I guess. But the majority of his points have come from a touchdown each week. I don't think that's really sustainable. As you said, Pittsburgh's defenses look pretty bad at some points, but they're actually not too terrible against the run. They limited Cream Hunt to a pretty reasonable score. Um. I think that, obviously, Jay's receivers, no question. Well, I wouldn't say no question. Devontae Adams could be the only person on Green Bay who has a, a down week. Uh, Tredavious White, I don't know if you know the corner for the Bills, is actually a pretty good corner. Figures to see a lot of him on Sunday, which could limit his production. Cooks might see some Xavier Rhodes, but I don't I don't worry too much about Cooks. He's had a pretty phenomenal year. Phenomenal year. And Jarvis Landry should eat this week for sure. Um, but yeah, Jay's running back situation is really holding him back. I think James has pretty good matchups, as I said before, with Thielen, same with Diggs. Without Tlaib and Peters, Diggs should have a big week. Mahomes, you know, doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. I actually think if McCoy plays, he should have a pretty solid week. Green Bay's defense hasn't looked good for most of the season, and I think David Johnson will get a David Johnson's type week finally this week. All right. Cool. Um, If you guys are all set with that, we'll move on. Um, There are no trades this week to talk about, so we can just go right into waivers here. Um, Any pickups that really stood out to you guys this week? I know Andrew's regretting spending so much on Vance. He was just hypnotized by that stiff arm. (laughs) It was tough to not just want to go all in on that. So... 
Yeah, I mean, I drafted him. I really believe in his potential still, um, and I like the the player, and I think he kind of showed what he's capable of. You know, he can really break one off kind of like Gronk, maybe a little bit faster, you know, a smaller frame slightly. But uh, I really think he has some high potential, so it's a lot of money to spend, but I don't think it's horrible. Uh, the only couple waiver picks for me that were significant was Jay spending $6 on TJ Yeldon for getting that Fortnite's coming back this week. And him spending four dollars on Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, I don't think anybody was going to outbid him for that. James <laughs> just searching for that tight end to fill his depth need. This yeah. is a this is a league that loves their tight ends. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, yeah. Um, I figured one of you guys would have something to say about me get, picking up uh, Taylor Gabriel for five bucks. I think Christian Kirk is actually the better pickup by Kirk. Looked pretty good yeah, last week. It, Frozen. It might be a headache there for the next couple of weeks if Rosen likes Kirk and seeing if I have to play him or Larry, and I don't want to play both. But hopefully sometime soon it will kind of shake out and I'll have a solid receiver before I get too far in the hole. Um, I think an interesting add, though, is Josh Allen. Do we think that he's going to be putting up fantasy numbers? I, I don't think he's reliable enough uh, outside of, like, two quarterback leagues or super flex. I mean, Philip Dorsett doesn't have any real potential, so it's basically just a free spot on his bench. But I don't, I don't – hate him seeing one more week and seeing if he can actually do that again, you know. That's fair. Mm. All right, I, see, uh, I also see you added Cam Meredith late one night and then dropped him the next day. Yeah, well, I didn't spend anything on him. And uh, I, well, I added Taewon Taylor because of the Richard Matthews cut. Um, I'm definitely that was a good pickup. Stronger, yeah. with, you know, feel stronger about him. Yeah. Um, all right, so if you guys are all good with that, then I think um, – the last thing we'll do before a pick of the week is go through and just quickly pick who we think is going to win each matchup and add one quick comment if you'd like to. Uh, we'll start with mine. I mean, I, I think i got to give Hop the nod here just with consistency that he's shown over my my pretty low floor. So, Garrett? Yeah, I'm going to pick Hop. He's got favorable matchups. Calm, not too much talent. <laughs> Andrew? Hop. Uh, so then next is Jake and Kurt. Um, I think I have to go with Kurt just because of the consistency, but Jake is a real threat to take at any time. I'm going, going with Jake. I see a big week for Lindsay, big week for his receivers. I'm going Jake too. I think Lindsay and White are going to really surprise everyone. We don't have Burkhead. Lindsay's a fighter, as we all know, so I'm going Jake. <laughs> Yeah, as you guys know, I'm clearly a fan of consistency, sometimes to a fault there. So uh, the next matchup we got is Andrew versus Garrett. Um, I'm assuming you guys both feel obligated to pick your teams in this potential shootout here. Um, I have to, I think, give the edge to Garrett here because of his strength at running back. And even though his receivers are weaker, he has favorable matchups. Garrett? I feel worse that Colin picked my team, but (laughs) I'm still going to pick my team. Andrew. You know what? I'm going to go against the grain and pick my squad. Well, that just seals it. I'm going to lose then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we got Joe versus Manny. Um, it's hard to bet against Joe's team, but if I had to do it one week, I think I might have to pick Manny this week just because I think Gio is going to blow up. I'm going to go with Joe's team slightly just because I think Kamara could hit that 28-point projection. Yeah, I think Odell though he should he should 
have his first blow up game, get actually getting into the end zone, I think he'll largely negate Kamara. So I'm gonna go Manny. All right, next we got David versus George. Um, like I said while discussing the matchup, I think it's George's week uh, for a win here. Uh, David, obviously a threat, but I think George's week. If Fournette and Keenan Allen are healthy, I pick George. If not, George should just sit out the rest of the year. I'm going to go George's team here. He's got some – he has Chris Ivory to fill in, I believe. Yeah, no, Isaiah Crowell. Um just in case Fournette. I, I think that's a good plug-and-play if needed, so I'm going to go George's squad. All right, and then last we got Jay versus James. Uh, I think i got to go James here just because of Mahomes and David Johnson probably having a good week and then the Gronk threat. I'm also going to go with James if McCoy is healthy. Jay, you got to figure something out with the running backs. Uh, I'm going to go Jay. Buck Allen just gets it done. All right, um, and then so lastly, we'll each give our pick of the week. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, he's a slot guy primarily. He's had seven targets, five targets, seven targets, and he's put up good catches on all of those. Uh, I think he's putting up like an 80 85% catch rate right now. Um, so, and, and also the Saints, as we've seen, their defense is horrible beforehand, and then they just put their nickel – corner i think on ir but either way he's injured so i really think shepherd is going to see a lot of success out of the slot uh garrett what do you who's your pick my pick for this week would be austin eckler on austin hops team uh he has a pretty what seems to be a pretty positive game script going at home against the now depleted 49ers the chargers offensive line ranks third in creating yards before first contact for their running backs uh, Eckler's been super efficient even after contact. Leads uh, one of the league leaders in kind of making defenders miss and getting a little bit out of there. Really a solid receiver to the point of taking touches away from Melvin Gordon in the passing game. And I think he figures to see a lot of – he always sees a lot of work in blowouts, and I think the Chargers uh, give him a lot of work this week. Uh, probably 88 total yards with four catches, maybe a touchdown too. And All I'm right. going to round it off with uh, the slugger, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> I, I'm i picking him for a few reasons. One, I think he's just a really good fit in that offense. But secondly, it's a matchup that should be high scoring. I want to say the over-under, the last I checked, was 55. Uh, and also, when you look at the Chiefs throughout the year, they've actually – Averaged giving up 111 yards, receiving yards that is to opposing running backs. So I actually heard that stat today. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's just I think a testament to how powerful that offense is and how not great that defense is. But with that said, I'm expecting a lot of things out of Philip Lindsay. I think he's going to be in the game a lot because he'll be in catch-up mode. I'm expecting eight rushes, over 60 yards and then a big 10 catches at 70 yards with a touchdown. Wow. wow. Um, all right. Uh, and then one quick thing. I didn't prep you guys ahead of time. Uh, let's give one bold prediction for tonight's matchup because it's going to start in five minutes and everybody will probably be listening tomorrow. I'm going to say Kyle Rudolph goes for either two touchdowns or 100 yards in one score. Ooh. Dalvin Cook is held to under 50 yards. Nice. I like it. Andrew, anything? 
I'm going to say Diggs shows everybody that he's the better wide receiver and goes for a hat trick, three touchdowns tonight. <laughs> Damn. It's possible for sure. All right, guys. Well, that does it for another episode. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday, see how it all shakes out. All right.